congregation on the day of Pentecost, the Apostle Peter preached on the resurrection. And he writes, we read in Acts 2, whom God has raised up, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, losing the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. It was impossible. The stone could not remain there. The Lord Jesus had to leave. There was no other way. It was not possible that he should be holden of it. Nothing could keep him there. No stone, no guards, no seals, no unbelief, nothing. Jesus had no sin. He had paid the full price, and God could not do injustice to Father. God the Father had to let him go. I cannot find a good example for that. But here are two that might help us a little bit. Can we prevent the sun to rise? When our people join, can we just stop that sun to come up a certain morning? No, whatever happens, pain and war and pestilences and accidents and activities, Nothing can stop the sun. The sun is calming, calmly popping up over the horizon, begins to shine no matter what. So the Lord Jesus, he has to shine. He has to rise. It is impossible to stop him. Or I think of a mother in labor, the child has to come out, right? Has to come out. So Christ could not remain in the grave. Death had lost. Satan was conquered. The guilt paid for. In this, the day the dice made, triumphantly we sing. Even hundreds of heavy stones the entire Roman soldier, Roman army, all the efforts of the Jewish leaders could not stop this, could not prevent the resurrection. Now the Lord Jesus was buried, right? Why was he buried? Because the Jewish people would have loved it if he would not have had a decent burial. They would have loved it if the birds of prey would have been honored and the wild dogs would have devoured him. But that could not happen either because he had no sin, because there was no vileness in him. So he was buried. And after his burial, he rose. The text, therefore, is from Matthew 28 especially verse 5. 
And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye see Jesus, which was crucified. So far. Jesus' resurrection. I have five points for you. The first one is the longest. This is also introduction. And then four shorter ones. So Jesus' resurrection, in the first place, the grave opened to Jesus. Secondly, seeking Jesus. I know that ye seek Jesus, right? A risen Jesus, he is not here. He is risen. In the fourth place, telling about Jesus, go quickly and tell his disciples. And five, I promise Jesus, that shall ye see him. Jesus' resurrection, resurrection, the grave opened to Jesus, seeking Jesus, a risen Jesus, telling about Jesus, and they promised Jesus. Congregation, we begin to read in chapter 28, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, the women had sprinkled spices on the body, on the corpse of the Lord Jesus the day before. On Friday, but they could not finish the work, the procedure. They also wanted to anoint him. But the Sabbath came. The Saturday, the Holy Sabbath day came. And they could not continue. They respected the fourth commandment to keep the Sabbath day. They went home. But on the first day of the week, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, Luke says, very early in the morning, very early in the morning, Mark writes, at the rising of the sun, and John writes, when it was yet dark. So what was it? Was it dark yet? Was the sun up already? Well, it was a period of, let me say, half an hour. This depends if you're at, at the beginning of the half hour or at the end of it. But in that time period, the women came to the grave. And they had a desire in their hearts to anoint him, to see him. To also see if the grave was still intact. And they did not think even of rolling the stone away. It was the day of the Lord. The day he had chosen. And he could not be held in the grave. He was going to rise. Anastasio, it says. Anastasio, Anastasis. Meaning resurrection. It was the most logical thing to happen 
after the suffering and burial. So they came. In the first place, Mary Magdalene and another Mary. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. We don't read yet about the other women, about the other women, not yet. I think that those two Marys, Mary Magdalene, and the other Mary were younger and faster, and they already had left before the other women came. Like the mother of the Lord Jesus was older. They probably couldn't go so fast. Seems that they came some minutes later. So do we remember Magdalene, Mary, Mary, Mary Magdalene? We read about her in Luke 8. Certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom seven devils went. So she had been occupied with devils. She had evil spirits. She was in the wrong hands. And the Lord Jesus had rescued her from that and given her freedom from those addictions and from those sins and from the evil spirits. So she came, and there was love in the heart, right? And the other Mary, to see the sepulcher, to see it, they could not disconnect. They could not let go. Nobody said, we made a mistake. Let's forget about it. Turn the page. Continue on. They couldn't do that. They did not understand what happened. Had no clue. But they still loved the Lord Jesus. They still could not miss him. They could not possibly turn the page and forget about all this. No, they're still connected to him. And I'm following the Bible in Matthew 28. And behold, there was a great earthquake. Not just a small one, a great earthquake. I remember only one light earthquake in Holland years ago. And the parsonage was kind of moving, the walls moving. That is frightening. There's something you feel so vulnerable. You have no control over it. In the Bible, you also feel sometimes earthquakes. You hear about earthquakes. Also, at very specific moments, the Lord has chosen specific moments to let people feel that he is God. For example, when the Lord gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai. And Mount Sinai was all together on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire. And the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. 
and the whole mount quaked greatly. So those people of Israel, they were sure, they were just quiet. This is, didn't say much. It's God's fault. When God speaks, we keep our mouth closed. But also, when the Lord Jesus died, Jesus, when he had cried out with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost, and behold, the veil of the temples rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went to the holy city, and appeared unto many. See, the children also remember, remember the earthquake in Philippi, where Paul and Silas were in prison, and the doors sprang open, and the people could leave the prison. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, and so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's band was loosed. See, certain moments, God's moments. Earthquakes are a sign of the almighty hand of God that the Lord let you feel, I'm God. I'm God, you, you know. You are dependent upon me in all things. And it's good to have those earthquakes in our lives. Do you have sometimes an earthquake? I mean, between quotation marks? Something that shocks you to the core. Something that you can't stop. You feel so small. You feel I can't do anything. That can be very beneficial. The earthquake announced the coming of the angels. And Matthew must be implying that the angels lifted the stone out of the groove and rolled it on its side and sat on it. See that in verse 2? For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Two angels, one angel mentioned, and they sat on that stone. In other words, see it sitting here, we are finished. Or we are so vulnerable that we don't see that, we don't see it always. But therefore it is good to, to experience that. For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and sat there triumph, triumphantly. So the women did not see the resurrection happening. Nobody saw. Nobody saw the Lord Jesus opening his eyes and sitting and standing up and leaving the grave. Nobody saw that. So why was that stone rolled away? Children. I hear someone say, minister, I know why. 
I know why the angels roll the stone away. Because otherwise the Lord Jesus could not have left. You are wrong. You're wrong. The Lord Jesus could have easily left with the stone still there. As he also appeared later to the disciples when the doors were closed. So that stone did not need to be rolled away. So why did they roll away then? For you. So that you can see it. So that the women could see it. So that the disciples could see it. That something great happened. It was proof of the resurrection. But it was not necessary for the resurrection. It was God's goodness to do so. His countenance was like lightning and his radiant white as snow. Yes, they are from heaven. And that also has given deep impressions to the people. They saw angels. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud and a rainbow upon his head. And his face was as it were the sun and his feet as pillars of fire. So angels are real. Angels are created creatures. The Lord made them. And many also have loved the Lord, that many were also kept by the Lord. And the guards were so shocked, they passed out, they became unconscious, they fell on the ground, and they were like dead, right? And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. I interpret that like they became unconscious. And they were just absolutely shocked. They couldn't move anymore. And after a while, they woke up again. And individually, they went to Jerusalem. Not as a group. I don't know how many were there. But they did not come as a group. They just individually left and went to Jerusalem. I found a fitting reference to this in Psalm 2 about those soldiers who had imagined to have some power. Psalm 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against the, his anointed. Sing, let's break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. And then come. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. The Lord will just humble them. So those soldiers are trying to guard the, the stone. Those angels came and all the stone away. Those men 
had nothing to say, could not help it, and they burst out, and the Lord kind of laughed about it. Holy laughter. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh, the Lord shall have them in derision. So to the Jews, the stone, the seal, the guard felt secure. In the sight of heaven, this show of strength looked clumsy and futile. But the comfort for the church that the Lord is making clear that he has accepted the Son's sacrifice as a ransom for the sins of all true believers. Bible text supporting that Christ rose, others that the Father raised him. So did the Lord Jesus rise? Did the Father raise him or the Holy Spirit maybe? It's all very true. Some Bible texts are supporting that Christ rose himself and others that the Father raised him. Also, Christ remembered that the Holy Spirit did so. Verse 5. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye see Jesus, which was crucified. Fear not. So why did the Lord make them so fearful then? Why does not first come with an angel and then say, Fear not? Why did the Lord come with an angel when the Lord Jesus was born? And then say, Fear not. Well, then don't come with an angel. If fear is wrong. No, but the Lord appreciated fear. The fear is fitting, but not too long and not too much. So in God's people are fearful that can be absolutely good, but it can also be too much and too long. Fear not for the blessing. And then the next thought, seeking Jesus. For I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. So the angel knew, because the Lord had told him. He knew exactly what was in the hearts of those women. They were seeking Jesus. I know it. I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Does the Lord know that also this morning? He knows it. If you seek Jesus or not, he knows. I don't know. Others don't know. You should know. But the Lord knows. 
The Lord knows who is seeking Jesus. He was crucified with those women. They were in doubt. They were confused. They had certainly lack of faith. They did not pay attention to the predictions of the Lord Jesus. They were kind in darkness about the prophecies in the Old Testament. And yet, on the other hand, they exceptionally loved the Lord Jesus. And there's still that loyalty. They had many questions and a few answers and did not understand the situation at all, but could not view Jesus as an imposter. Could not. They trusted him. Could not forget about him. You know, being delivered from seven evil spirits. Things have been unforgettable. Too much has happened. So they cannot turn the page. And yes, they are seeking Jesus. They could not let go. At the earliest convenience, they came to the grave on this Sunday morning to, to see the sepulcher. And they are they seeking Jesus. How complex. Complex. They deeply love Jesus, unconditionally trusted Him. They were believers with saving faith, and yet there's a lack of insight. They forgetful, not thinking of the predictions of Jesus, not considering the Old Testament prophecies. But they were seeking Jesus. We see here that sincere people of God can be very confused and be stuck in unbelief and spiritually in darkness and yet are seeking Jesus. Kind of double. Some side, one on the side says, I don't understand this. And the other side says, and yet I cannot miss him. Also today, these are people, and they don't understand themselves. They can be so mixed up. They say, I don't understand myself. They long for the Lord Jesus. And they stir with so much unbelief and lack of insight. But the Lord knows them. The Lord knows that they're seeking Jesus. That is the mark of grace. The most important mark, 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 mark of grace. To seek Jesus to hunger for him, to love him, to adore him, to seek salvation in him. 
I read in Isaiah 49, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. Thy walls are continually before me. It's not new. It is happening today that God's people are confused. And can it come so far as they would like to? They're poor and needy. They have little assurance of themselves. But they are seeking Jesus. They may wonder, am I a sheep of the shepherd? But they are following the shepherd. Seeking him. How is it possible? Do they still seek him? You know why? The Lord is seeking them. From eternity, decided to save them. And in the time, at his time, the Lord was seeking them. And he found them. And he's holding on to them. And he does not leave the work of his own hands. So that is the real gospel. The gospel is not that we are so good in seeking Jesus. But Lord Jesus is seeking sinners. He seeks to save the lost. A risen Jesus. He is not here. For he is risen as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. He was risen. Be healed from the mouth of the angel. The resurrection itself was not recorded. Nobody has seen it happening. But it's a fact. He is not here. Look yourself. See the plenary lay. Past tense. He is not here. Don't we read how neatly the grave clothes have been stacked? This was apparently not a theft not a robbery. It was too organized. But he has risen. Of course he had. Not only the scriptures told us so, not only the Lord Jesus had predicted it. It was almost logical. The Son of God had not sinned and could not be kept in the grave. He conquered hell and death. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death, through death, he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death 
that all their lifetime is subject to bondage. More the difference between a dead Jesus and a living Jesus. What a difference. On earth, he lay in a manger. Now he is ready to sit on the throne. Early he was hated and scorned. Now he is adored by the angel. His name was reproached, and now God has given him a name above every name. He came in the form of a servant. He was the feet of his disciples. And now it is the other way around. The Father glorifies him. He had the form of a servant. Now he is the king. On earth, on earth he was the man of sorrows. Now he is the anointed one with the oil of gladness. On earth, desires crucifixion. And now this is his coronation. What a difference. We learn from this. The Lord Jesus humbled himself. And that is why he was exalted. And that's also true for you and me. When we humble ourselves, we will be exalted. To humble yourself is necessary. To humble yourself means to confess, to give up, to lose, to empty hands, to let all your self-righteousness go, to lose the fight. That is necessary. The he that humbleth himself will be exalted. It's also true for suffering. People may think that Lord Jesus is exalting them, but often the church has to suffer. The Lord often gives crosses to his people. Crosses to his people. Yes, he does. Because after the suffering, he exalts them and makes a wonder of it. Brings to the next thought. Telling about Jesus. Congregation, we read in verse 7. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. So the angels are encouraging Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to quickly go back to Jerusalem and to tell the disciples to quickly go. Quickly. Because it had taken enough time already. And the Lord Jesus wanted that to be over, that fear. The Lord Jesus said, go there quickly. They had enough turmoil now. And this is his time to comfort them. Go quickly. So exactly at God's time, they received that comfort. Go quickly now. 
So we cannot choose the time ourselves. Because people cannot say, now is the time of my comfort. No, it is the Lord's time. But the Lord loves his people and he loves the disciples and therefore he has a burning love for them here as well and said, go there quickly. Do not procrastinate. They may feel too overwhelmed. The Lord knows how much is good for them and they should not be overwhelmed go to Galilee. Galilee? Behold, he go before you into Galilee. Is that even true? Is that not a flaw in the Bible? Is that not a mistake? Because Lord Jesus did appear to them that same night in the room. So why did he say, go to Galilee? Well, is that a contradiction? Can the Lord say, I will see you in Galilee and then surprise them to also appear the same night? I think that is what it is. He promised to appear to them in Galilee the land of the shadow of death, the region of darkness and light, the region, the, 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 the region of sadness and joy, of unbelief and faith, rejection and acceptance, to need to be led back to Galilee, and there he will reveal himself. But the Lord did it earlier than he told he did not change his mind. He had planned to re reveal himself this night anyway. But the Lord sometimes gives the feeling to his people something extra. So the Lord has given more than he promised. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, he came earlier. See? Tell them. And I read in Mark, go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, that shall ye see him as he said unto you. So the Lord Jesus told the angels to convey this message, the message of telling the disciples and Peter. He had denied the master, didn't he? He had made, made a huge mistake. He really fell in a serious sin of denying his master. But the Lord Jesus had not forgotten him either. He still was one of his, also those seekers of Jesus. And he was not so faithful. But the Lord was faithful. Tell my disciples and Peter, 
that I go before you unto Galilee. And then the Lord even gives more. The Lord reveals himself. He go before you into Galilee. So what the comfort of soul this morning, congregation, are you concerned for the future of the church? Are you concerned about the youth? Are you concerned about world conformity? Are you concerned about self-righteousness? Whatever your concerns are, the Lord Jesus rose. He's in church. He will make it well. Regardless, he will have a people that seeks him. He seeks them first. He loves them first. And they love him back. Tell them quickly. The Lord considered it was enough. The Father exalted him. And now we need to exalt him as well. If we did not be fitting, the angels exalt him. The Father exalts him. The first step of exaltation. Shouldn't we also exalt him? I was reading in the book of Thomas Watson. And he writes, let us labor to exalt him. How? He mentions three things. How to exalt Jesus. Let me say on Easter day, on Easter because this is very special, very special day. And he says, in believing, in adoring, and in loving him. So that's the calling. That's the calling of soul in this morning. To exalt him. Yes, to believe in him. To adore him and to love him by praising him by recommending him and he also writes let us exalt him in our life in our walk with him not only with the talk and the lips and the singing also your whole demeanor your whole entire lifestyle does your lifestyle exalt him who was raised? All doxologies and prayers together do not exalt him as a holy life. A holy life is really exalting him. And then the last thought, I promise Jesus, there shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. See that? Lord Jesus promised his disciples that they should, would see him again in Galilee. 
and apparently also the same is he's going to reveal himself show his human body meet them face to face will that also be given to the church today face to face not yet in heaven even not in heaven in heaven, the people of God have spiritual eyes, not physical eyes, right? In heaven, God's people see him. He reveals himself. Yes. And they see him with spiritual eyes. But someday God's people see him with their physical eyes. After the second Easter, the first Easter and the second Easter, the first resurrection and the second resurrection. And let me quote it from Job, that God's people will see him the same way, with their natural physical eyes. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, and roll after my skin worms have destroyed his body. Worms have destroyed his body, decay, yet in my flesh I shall see God in my flesh I shall see God imagine you with your eyes with your natural eyes seeing God and seeing Jesus whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed by any. The Lord Jesus prays for that. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So the heart of the gospel is not that sinners love to see him but that he desires to have fellowship with his church. Quickly, go quickly. And I read in Revelation 22 about that quickly as well. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. 
Amen. Oh, even so, come, Lord Jesus. One more thing. One more thing. Christ has exalted the human body. The Father has exalted the Son. The Son rose from the dead. And in the rising from the dead, the Lord Jesus honored the human body. Do you hear me? He honored the human body. It is not only about the soul in church. In church, it is also about the body. The body counts. Not only the soul. The pre-born bodies. Amy? They are valuable bodies. Love thy body. Don't only love your soul. Love your body. And love the bodies of other ones. Love those small bodies. Love dying bodies. To care for them. Parents, beloved ones, have respect for that ill body. Respect the burial of bodies. Because those bodies are also valuable. Think of handicapped bodies. Think of your gender. Made male or female with an absolutely very small margin of people that are handicapped and have both male and female things. Respect the masculinity and the femininity. Respect the physical gender. See here, the Lord Jesus rose. He's alive. And he desires his church. And he wants to be sought. And he seeks sinners. And he will be together with them. No, verse 8 is not our text, but let me just quote it. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy, and they run to bring his disciples' word. May Lord give us the fear and great joy together. Rejoice with trembling. Amen.